You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another amazing episode of How She Creates. I am your host, I am Lauren Hooper, and I am so grateful and so thrilled that you are here. Today is one of the episodes that I am most excited about. As you might know, I describe myself as a creator, adventurer, storyteller, and I have shifted my business in the past year in a big way to explore the intersection of travel, creativity, and creating good in the world. And this episode is the perfect culmination of all of those things. I recently returned from a trip to Uganda with a program called Beauty for Ashes Uganda. And if you have been around here for a while, you remember that I interviewed the founder and an advocate of the program, Brandy and Britta, last year for my How She Creates Good series. And I found Beauty for Ashes through Instagram, through Britta, who is an amazing advocate for fair trade lifestyle. And she is obsessed with Beauty for Ashes. She's been on at least six trips. She loves the women there and she's just all around super cool. And so I found her and I asked her to be on the podcast to talk about it and to share a little bit more about Beauty for Ashes. And she suggested that I have the founder come on with her. And I immediately fell in love with these ladies. And on the call, they invited me to go to Uganda with them. And absolutely, yes, was my answer. Such an easy answer. Um, I was pumped to be able to see for myself how the program works and just get a feel for it, what it's actually like on the ground in real life. And that's one of my favorite things about Beauty for Ashes is that it is um, so transparent in that way that you can go, literally you, right? Yes, you listening, you can go and see what is happening with the program. And so you don't think that, oh, I'm just giving some random bit of money to some, you know, nonprofit somewhere in Africa and the money's just like disappearing and who knows what's actually happening. Or, you know, it's probably going all to the people who run it, quotation marks. And that's not true. And you can go see that for yourself in person. So I went on this trip a couple of weeks ago at the end of January and I have stories to tell you. You know that I love storytelling and I believe it's one of our greatest connectors in this life and how we can understand one another and learn about other cultures and and other people and just other things that are different and outside of who we are. And I am just pumped to share three stories from my time in Uganda with Beauty for Ashes for you today. If you want to know more about Beauty for Ashes, you can listen to the original interview I did where Brandy shares the whole story of how it happened, how it started, what it's like. Um, You can go to beautyforashesuganda.org, beautyforashesuganda.org, or if you know my website, lauren-likes.com backslash BFA, obviously stands for Beauty for Ashes, lauren-likes.com backslash 
BFA. And you can find out a ton more information there. And in the show notes, I'm going to have pictures of everything that I'm talking about. And you guys know, I'm going to write some blog posts and and share a ton more about my trip. But today I just wanted to tell you three stories and give you a really simple invitation of how you can be involved in empowering women in business. So if you don't know what Beauty for Ashes is, it is a mentorship program that organizes women into community and it gives them adult literacy and business education courses to empower them to take control of their circumstances and to live a life of dignity, hope, and freedom while building up their community. So what that means on the ground in person is that in Uganda, there are individual villages where people live. A couple thousand people will be considered as part of a village or, you know, kind of like a mini city. And what they do, what the program does is they go into a village and this is all run by local people, not by foreigners, all local Ugandans go into the villages and they gather a group of 30 single mothers and widows together and they form them into this amazing little community and through sponsorship which means money uh, they are able to hire literacy coaches to come out and teach them adult literacy And what adult literacy is, it is reading, writing, math, personal hygiene and sanitation, um, how to keep your home clean, why your kids are getting typhoid and cholera all the time. It's because you're not um, cleaning your dishes properly and you're not cooking and disposing of things properly. Um, But most of these women have never been to school and so they don't know these things. So they're given these adult literacy classes so that not only can they read and write um, and they learn math and hygiene, but they're given business classes also so that they are able to start their own businesses so that they can support themselves, support their family, their children, and make a change in their life if that is something that they are looking and want to do. So they have to be really committed. They have to come to class every week. Um, They have class once a week. And then they also have um, mentorship that is a part of the program. So they're getting feedback on their businesses and they're, you know, getting counseling and all all of these incredible things um, that these ladies need. Um, And just if you know a tiny bit of history about this region, there's been a lot of war, a lot of lot of famine, a lot of issues that have that have happened that have made it really difficult. Um, But these programs like Beauty for Ashes are giving people a chance to step up and take back control of their lives. And the third thing that the program provides, so adult literacy one, mentorship two, number three, is they offset the cost for their children's school fees. Now, school fees cost about $135 a year for one child to go to school in Uganda. Um, And most of these women make about $250 a year. And if you can do any kind of math, you know that that does not add up to success. Um, They're not able to afford it. They have multiple children. Um, So what Beauty for Ashes does is it will offset, not pay fully, but it will offset the cost of their kids' school fees so that they are able to invest some of that money back into their businesses and they are able to grow their business so that they are eventually 
paying for their kids' school fees completely. So it's kind of like a step program. They start with, you know, a certain percentage and then they pay more and more and more until they're able to take over it. It's very, very cool how it's run and how it empowers these women. And the children know that this is not a handout that they're getting from some random people. This is something their mom is working for and doing for them. And so that is what sponsorship, if you are a sponsor for Beauty for Ashes for a mom in a village, that is what your $23 a month goes to provide for her, which is crazy how much $23 a month can provide. Um, and so, okay, so that is what Beauty for Ashes does. And we all know that so much more goes into that and it's very nuanced and, um, but that is just your general overview so you can understand what's happening on the ground with the program. And so that is what we went to see. And we got to see this amazing overview of all of the cool things that they are doing. We got to go to a well opening ceremony. You guys, seeing people get clean water within walking distance of their homes for the first time ever so their kids don't get sick anymore and they don't have to walk for four hours to get water. It is incredible it's 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 indescribable the how cool it is um we got to go to a shark tank presentation where some of the moms who have graduated multiple special business classes who have run some awesome businesses they came and they pitched us their ideas and you know what they need to grow their business and what their next step is and their goals and it was really incredible to see what they're working on and what they've been able to do um and Another quick aside that the women do that is just the coolest thing to me. When they're in these groups, they all pull their money so that they can start businesses and they create their own kind of micro loan program and they get decide to decide how it works, but they will loan out small amounts to the women in the group who have a business plan so that they're able to start their business and they have the startup capital to do that. And sometimes they'll pull their money and they'll do something for the whole group. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that looks like later. But so these women who came to the shark tank, they had already taken loans from their group and paid them back. But they were looking for something a little bit bigger um, so that they could have a bigger investment um, to really take their business to the next level. We got to go to a Ugandan wedding, which I'm going to talk about. I got to go out and meet the village that I sponsor, which I'm going to share about. We got to do so many cool things. Um, and like I said, get a really great overview of the program. So I'm really excited to share more about it with you. And with that, I have three stories that I'm going to tell you today. And the first story that I want to tell you about is this photo that I took and a picture of it is going to be in the show notes and you can find all the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. I showed up on the trip with my big camera and I recently in the past year or so have upgraded my camera and I've learned how to use it and how to use it really well. And I've just been really excited about taking photos and taking photos of trips and things like this is just what makes my heart so happy because I love to tell stories, especially with photos. So I was just pumped to get to take pictures. And Africa is so colorful, you guys. It is crazy how much color they infuse into everything. 
So I was pumped. Well, I show up on the trip with my camera and I officially become the unofficial official photographer of the trip because their normal photographer couldn't come. Um, so I got the honor of being able to capture these amazing moments and these just these little small interactions and these details. And it was just so much joy. I love to be able to take photos for people and of people um, interacting because it's like I'm able to see a secret that's happening, this like private, small moment of hidden beauty. And I get to capture that and reflect that back to, to whoever I was taking the photo of to be like, look at how much joy you had in this moment. And to be able to just to keep those stories and those moments forever. I love, love that. So a few years ago, when the Beauty for Ashes staff, they found this sibling set of kids who had been orphaned. Uh, both of their parents had died, both their mother and their father, and they had no family to take, take them in. They were living on the street. They were sca- scrapping by. They were under the age of 10. And, you know, the program is all about empowering women to take care of their family and do things on their own um, and not giving handouts. But this was just a no there, you know, kids living on the street was just not, not going to something that was going to happen on their watch. So they take these kids in, but they soon realize that there's almost 50 of these kids, um, sleeping where they could snagging food here and there. And these, a lot of these kids were raising their siblings and they are considered child headed households. So that means one child is taking care of multiple small children um, as their main caretaker. And a lot of these kids were under 10. Um, so over the years, they, they um, you know, heard about kind of accumulated 50 of these kids. And Beauty for Ashes doesn't believe that children should be in charge and they shouldn't be given the burden to care for other children. So they adopted them. And adoption in Uganda is very difficult and very confusing. Um, And technically, you really can't adopt from Uganda right now, Um, but they adopted these kids in so many other ways. What they do is they have raised money by sponsors and they have found boarding schools and foster homes for these kids. So now these kids have parents, they have names, they have guardians, they are known, seen, loved, they're cared for, and they're allowed to be children. So what they do is they send these kids to boarding school so they're able to learn, they have a safe place to live, they have daily meals, and then on their holidays, the staff has worked to find foster homes in the forms of extended family and volunteers, many of whom are the moms from our program who are willing to take them in and give them a place to stay on those breaks. Um, And then the Beauty for Ashes staff. And so the staff is the kind of the leaders of the program are Anne, who is a local Ugandan, and then Brandy, who is American, who is on the show. And they and their husbands have adopted these children and they consider them their children and they love and care for them and make sure that they have everything they need as if they're their own children. And so then the Beauty for Ashes staff and all the volunteers who come on these trips are able to come and love on them. They take them on special trips and they give them one-on-one time with adults. They make sure they're being properly cared for. They also send them to the doctor. They give them trauma um, therapy sessions and so much more to take care of these kids and try and give them um, a safe and normal life opposite of what they were living. So 
I just wanted to have a little bit of background of who these kids are. So we got to meet them and we had a pool party with them and we were there and it was super fun. You know, we're playing games and eating snacks and, you know, coloring and playing in the pool. Um, but then they asked if I would take a family portrait with each child and their four adoptive parents so that they could print them out and put them in their school trunks so that when they go away to school, they can say, see, these are my parents and they can know that they are loved and claimed. It was such an honor and a simple task to just snap this sweet little family photo of each child and the four loving adults that they get to call mom and dad. But as I was taking the photos, we had all the kids line up and they were all getting to take a picture and, you know, give hugs. And it was just this, these sweet little moments and interactions. But there was this one moment when this sweet little guy came up and it was his turn to pose for the photo. And we noticed that his like shirt was kind of like crooked um, because, you know, they'd been in the pool. And so they like hurriedly got dressed. And so um, the girl helping me kind of pose everybody, we said, oh, you know, you know, fix your shirt. And in this one split second, all four of their of his parents turned in and they all reached in gently to fix this, this little, you know, his shirt to make it sit right. But they all turned their faces in at one time and gave this little boy this perfect, undivided attention. And I snapped the photo. This moment, it felt holy. This child, orphaned, alone, was now surrounded by for loving adults who care for him wildly. It was, it's a real family, a full, rich, messy family, but it's full of love and attention and care. And that moment, it was a moment I'll never stop thinking about for that little boy. I hope that it was imprinted on his heart the way that it was mine. And And I hope that he's able to look back on this photo and remember how much he has loved and that he belongs. It was one of my favorite moments of the trip that I just can't stop thinking about. I can't stop staring at the photo. I will share the photo in the, in the, in the, um, show notes for you to be able to see. Uh, but it was just, it was just a perfect moment. Next, I I have to tell you about the wedding. So, unbeknownst to me, I came on the strip with no expectations. Honestly, I had no idea what was going to happen most of the time, um, and I was thoroughly surprised when I found out that I had a traditional Ugandan bridesmaid wedding dress waiting for me because I was going to be a bridesmaid in a wedding. So. Brandy, the founder, she got married this summer and it was her first trip back to Uganda since getting married to her new husband. And he was there with us. And so it was time for their Ugandan wedding. And okay, so we all thought it would be like an hour and would be just be a very culturally interesting experience. We had absolutely no idea what was in store for us. None. We spent over nine hours at these festivities with over 800 guests in attendance. It was like nothing I had ever seen before, you guys. So we pulled up 
in the bus and the ladies came and carried Brandy off the bus singing and dancing and waving flags and they were just so thrilled and then carried her into this small round living room hut made of local clay covered with a straw roof. Now, these are mud huts that many of us see when we're shown sad photos of Africa. But after I sat in one for multiple hours with 12 people, I realized that we have it all wrong. It was spacious. It was actually very cool inside because it was very hot outside. It was clean. It was well appointed, very well decorated. Plus, there were even some chickens roosting on some eggs inside with us. So, you know, it's got to be a good place if they're, you know, willing to have their babies there. Um, but we used this room to get ready and Brandy had three wedding dresses waiting for her to wear throughout the day for different portions of the ceremony. And they had even made one specifically to fit her, like made like a glove the night before. And these dresses, you guys, they were all so colorful and so beautiful. Again, photos in the show notes. Incredible. And then there were eight bridesmaids. There were very specific requirements. Um, you know, you had to be of a certain age, you know, in relation to the bride, your marital status, all, all of these different things. And they had beautiful dresses and baskets waiting for us because we had many roles to play during this day um, that I was just completely unprepared for. Um, and it was just such a joy. Just every, every corner we turned, there was something new happening that day. And it was just incredible but we weren't the only bridesmaids there were three other sets of bridesmaids from the little little girls the adopted the adopted girls um to the teenage girls and then local ladies ladies from the village were another set i can't i cannot tell you how fun and how beautiful it was so okay to give you a picture the ceremony was set in a big field and all around it were tents and chairs and there were people everywhere on all four sides i told you guys at least 800 people were there and then in the middle was kind of set up for the ceremony so everyone could see there were two mcs and a fancy tent for the groom and the family to sit in and there were there was something happening so like i said we were only there for nine hours people were already there when we got there and they were still there when we left so this was an ordeal people came from villages all over walked hours miles to get here um, the children, they sang and they danced. They had written songs and choreographed dance. Um, it was so cute, so much fun. Um, and so then we kind of got started with the, the wedding activities. And so the different groups of bridesmaids would all come out and separately and we would dance and then we would sit down and the groomsmen would have to come around and find the bright shining star is what they called brandy the bride um because and side note they were telling us this apparently in some cultures that fully cover if the man doesn't know the slightest details about his bride like her hands her feet and he chooses wrong he has to marry the girl he chooses um so brandy was not <laughs> fully covered we could see her face it but that is crazy pants um to think that 
So we just went over and over and over again until we finally brought out the bride and the groomsmen found her. But we just didn't know what was happening, you guys. And so it was like kind of happening half in Tesso, which is the local language, and half in English. And we had a local girl with us um, who was translating. And um, she had us, you know, we'd come in and sit down. And she literally leaned over to us and said, no matter what happens, keep a straight face. So now, of course, we're terrified. But the groomsmen who are, you know, some of the guys from our group and the some of the staff, um, they come over and they're like all in our face, acting ridiculous, trying to find the bright shining star. Um, and we kept getting in trouble for laughing. And it was it was so much fun. Um, and you guys, again, you have to see the dresses. Please go see the show notes. Um, so finally, we brought out the bride. They found her. And then she had to go through the audience and find the groom. It was so sweet. Um, okay, so the day continued. There was a cow for a dowry. You know, then there was your typical wedding stuff. There were prayers and blessings and more events. But the event that I found myself struggling to photograph because remember, I'm also the photographer here and also bridesmaid. Um, I struggled to photograph was the gift giving portion. So they had everyone line up who wanted to represent their village and bring a gift for the bride and groom. And they lined up for hours. They had to go get them chairs to sit down, the bride and groom, because so many people wanted to bring them gifts. They had, they brought gifts that were local produce that they had grown, baskets they had made, local drums, uh, flowers. They even had chickens and goats, but they also gave money. Women came from villages all over, walked for hours to be able to give a gift to the woman who had started the program that taught her to read and write and make change at the market and empowered her to start a business and grow it and provide for herself and for her family with dignity. They lined up and danced and sang and gave the truest, most heartfelt gifts I had ever seen. If you, if you know the story about the widow's might, they gave Ugandan shilling and they gave, you know, so little, it would be the equivalent of five or 10 cent you know, maybe more, maybe less, but it was what they had and they wanted to give it and they gave it with such grateful and joyful hearts. I just cried behind my camera as I stole these precious little moments with my camera lens. You know, I took photos of their hands holding that important thing that they owned, hugs being shared, their gifts of love and gratitude and celebration. Their gifts were just so beautiful and so honest. It was humbling and overpowering to to see the generosity of what these women had worked so hard to gain and they were so willing to give it away because they were so grateful and they are so generous and so kind and loving and I just I just cried behind my camera during those moments it was it was really really incredible and the true embodiment of 
of generosity and joy and fun as they danced and sang and hugged. It was it was the one of the most fun days. I I will never forget being in a Ugandan wedding celebration. Now the last story that I want to tell you is about the day that I met my village. So when I joined in um, with Brandy to help, you know, spread awareness and support Beauty for Ashes, we talked, we, we were on here talking together and we were promoting a certain village that needed some more um, support and more funding. And we filled it up. You guys, you guys are awesome. Um, but now let me tell you a little story about a new village that has happened. So in August, some ladies from the village Ducolo went to another village and they had heard about the program and they said, we want in, we want to be a part of this. But the staff said, sorry, but we don't have funding for you. And so we can't provide you your own literacy coach and mentor and we can't help pay your school fees. You you can't be in the program is what it came down to. But the Decolo ladies didn't care. They wanted in on the program. They had seen what it was doing for their neighbors and their friends and their family. And they were going to be in the program. So they literally, these 30 women gathered themselves up, themselves up, and they started walking multiple hours every Monday morning to show up at another village where they were holding literacy classes and sat down and learned. They figured out how the program would work. They took the the tenants, the business tenants that they were teaching about pooling their money to create their own microloan program. They took the literacy classes. They learned how to read, write. They're learning how to make change. They literally started their own beauty for ashes program you guys um it's february right now it was january when i met them this was back in august um since then they have done insane things you guys it is incredible what the will of someone who is motivated and wants it wants to take control and change their lives is amazing what they can do since August, they have saved over 4 million shillings, which is about a thousand US dollars as a group. They use the money to buy each group member, which again is 30 single moms or widows. They bought each of them a sheep, a baby sheep, so that they could breed it and sell the offspring. Then they bought every woman plates, cups, and bowls because many of them have ne- had never owned any. And now they are halfway to their next savings goal to buy two plastic chairs for each woman so that they can pull them all together and start a chair rental business for events like the wedding I just went to. You guys, these women are incredible what they are doing. So Brandy asked me if I would transfer my sponsorship to their village and then if I would find 29 friends who would help me get the funding that these ladies need so that they can have their own literacy classes and they no longer have to walk four miles every time, every Monday when they go to class and that we can help offset, offset their children's school fees 
so that they can use that money to put back into their household and back into their businesses. And I heard a statistic recently that said, if you give a woman a dollar, she will put 70 cent of it back into her family versus a man who will put much less, you guys, much less into it. So that is why Beauty for Ashes focuses on these women, not only for that reason, but because single moms and widows are really looked down upon in their culture and there's not a lot of hope for them. So empowering them gives them amazing opportunity to care for themselves. Um, So knowing all of this, I very nervously said yes. I knew it was a really big task and big things hang in the balance because it's not just me asking for something cute or fun or funny. These are real women's lives with real children who are working really, really hard to change their lives and they just need this tiny little leg up. And so when it came to village day, everyone was going out to their villages and they, are, they made special arrangements for me to go by myself out to Decolo and meet my mamas, the future ladies who wanted to be in this program. And they had never had a visitor before um, because, like I said, they're not even in the program, you guys. Um, so we hop in the bus and it's me and my translator and the driver. And it had rained a lot, which is really unseasonal for this time of the year. And we were riding through dirt roads. And of course, it was crazy muddy because of the rain. And the bus immediately got stuck and slid into the bank. Um, So we began breaking down branches and putting them under the tires and trying to dig our way out. So late, um, we show up, but we pull up. And they're all waiting in the street. They're waving flags. They're singing. They are so thrilled that I am there. They literally pick me up from the bus and they carry me in to their local primary school, which is where we're meeting. They have this beautiful spread set out for me, this really pretty um, lacy tablecloth and nice bowls and plates that are, remember, they had just bought for their group. Um, and they have a meal for me and they are just pumped. They are so excited to have a visitor and they just all kept telling me how happy they were that I was there. And we just sat around and they just told me their stories. They shared their struggles. They shared the things they're learning. They shared the things they love. They shared about their kids. It was an incredible day to get to meet these fierce, strong-willed women who just wanted to learn. Emma Shalat, which is one of the ladies in the group, told me she thought she was going to die of happiness the past few months from knowing how to read and write. I did a quick survey and asked who of them had gone to school as a child. 16 of them were able to go to school, but the other 14 had not been able to go to school for many reasons, such as their parents didn't believe in education for girls. Um, They didn't have the money to pay for it. It was too far to walk. They had younger siblings they had to take care of. They had to work to provide for the family. So many reasons. Um, 
But so now these awesome ladies are pulling their resources and they're supporting one another. And they just told me story after story of how they had banded together to take care of one another. And they told me that the villagers, when they would see them coming before, they would laugh at them. But now the same villagers hang their heads in shame because they have seen how they have raised their own standards. They have raised themselves through their businesses and they're able to provide now. And they are working so hard. They have big dreams. Um, They have businesses that range from farming, raising animals, selling produce, catching fish and selling them at markets. One lady's a seamstress. They are doing awesome things. They definitely have struggles. You know, low supplies, trouble with transportation, which I mean, don't haven't you experienced that before in your in your work life? Um, I know I have. And so these struggles are, it's so interesting how some of them are the same struggles that, that we have, that we deal with. Um, but they, they're making big strides. They have plans, they have dreams and ideas, and they just need a little bit of help. But you guys, when I got ready to leave, it was time for me to go and my translator was pulling at me, telling me to leave, um, after sharing with the ladies and I took all of their portraits and, um, hearing their stories and eating, uh, the meal they cooked me, cooked me a delicious meal. They had chicken and they have this like broth, they call it soup. That's over it. That's so good. And potatoes. Um, they've made me eat the liver because it's the most important part that it is an honor for guests to eat. Um, and rice. And my translator leaned over and told me that rice was very expensive and was only for rare special occasions. <sighs> and I already knew that I did not deserve that. But when it was time for me to go, I was getting back on the bus and the women were all swarming around me and they were hugging and they were singing. And then you guys, I saw it. I saw a chicken and I knew. So fun fact about me, I'm afraid of birds. They were coming towards me with that chicken and I knew I I knew I was going to have to touch it and hold it. And then I knew that it was a gift for me. It was a gift of enormous proportions. It is not cheap. They could have used that for many things. But they had gotten that for me. My heart just, oh, I knew that I was not worthy of that chicken, of the time and the work and the money that they had pulled to buy me that chicken, the sacrifice that they had made, the honor that they were bestowing on me. And that's when I knew that I would try and live up to their standard, that I would tell their stories, and that I would bring more friends to support them and cheer them on in their journeys. So I took that chicken, terrified. I gathered that chicken up in my arms and I walked back on that bus with that chicken and I named it Zeus. And then I happily gave him to my translator, Kevin, who is going to take 
Zeus home and raise him in her home and care for him in my absence. Um, but in honor of Zeus and all the ladies of Decolo, I want to invite you into our village, a village of rising tides. So what is next is that we need a handful of people who are going to come alongside the ladies of Decolo and support them financially. For $23 a month, you can be paired with one of the beautiful, incredible women. I had, like I said, I have portraits of them. I made profiles of them with all of their information about their kids, about their business, things that bring them joy, the struggles they have. Um, so if you are going to join and be a part of the Decola Village, you're going to get invited into a private Facebook group and you'll be paired with a mom and you will learn her story. And then once we get to 30 of us, we are going to start sending literacy coaches out to them and mentors. And we're going to start helping pay for their kids' school fees so that they can be working on their businesses. Do you guys do know what sending a literacy coach out to them, it's going to give them four more hours a week that instead of walking to literacy class, they're going to be able to work on their businesses. It is incredible what they're able to do with just that little bit of money and that little bit of help. Um, so when we fill our village, we're going to send them a coach. And then that coach is going to send us updates on our moms, on what they're learning, what they're struggling with, how, what, how their businesses are progressing. Um, they're going to send us photos and updates. And you're going to be able to stay in contact, um, in an update contact to know what's going on so that your $23 is not just disappearing out the window. Um, and then you guys, I want you to go to Decolo with me next time. You can come. If you are a supporter, you're invited. That's all it takes. If you sign up to support the ladies of Decolo and give your $23 a month, you will be included in and invited into all of the trips that we go on to Uganda. They go on three trips a year, you guys. They, they're very varied. Um, they kind of have different focuses or different lengths of time. Um, there's one in January, one in June or July, I believe, and then one in September. So you can go and see for yourself and meet these incredible women. And I can't wait to go back, you guys. And see what our support has been able to do for them. What they've been able to learn and gain. You guys, if they did so much, not even technically being in the program, but just using the fundamentals of it. If they were able to learn and grow so much, what can they do if they have their own class, their own mentorship, and they have those fees offset? I can't imagine. They're going to change their village, their community, their country. They are, they're, these ladies are going to do big things, you guys. Big, big things. So I want to challenge you. If you listen to these stories and you're like, yes, I want to support women in business. I want to support women getting trauma and therapy training for things that have happened to them. I want to support families. All by empowering them through education. 
this is the place for you. All you have to do again is go to beautyforashesuganda.org or lauren-likes.com backslash BFA. It'll take you to the same place and click donate. You're going to choose your village that you want to support. And you guys want to be in Decolo with these kick-ass women. And you're going to scroll down. Decolo is the very last option because it's brand new. We just added it last week. Um, it's D-O-K-O-L-O, Decolo. And you're going to choose that. And then once you do that, first of all, let me know because I'm going to freak out and be so excited with you. And then we're going to get you into our private Facebook group where you're going to get to meet each and every single one of these women and learn about their businesses and who they are and what they're doing. Um, and yeah, we're going to change their lives. They're going to change ours. It's going to be awesome. And I, oh, I can't wait for you guys to get to be a part of it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you got to live vicariously a little bit through these stories and that your eyes were open to some new worlds, new cultures, new things that are happening, and that you are just as pumped up and excited as I am for this program and for these women and for this rising tide that is happening all over the world. Um, And I hope that you want to be a part of it. I would love for you to join me in that. Again, you can find all the links in all the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. And you can get weekly updates so that you don't miss out on anything fun like this, like these updates and all the blog posts that I still have to share uh, with tons and tons more pictures at lauren-likes.com slash newsletter. Thank you guys so much again from me and from Zeus from the bottoms of our hearts. Thank you for listening. And please, um, if you have a friend or you know someone who would love to be a part of this program, please send them this podcast. Send them the other one with Brandy where she shares all about the program. Reach out to me. Ask me personal questions. I am more than happy to share more about the experience, more about what's happening, whatever questions you have. I am so happy to chat with you about this. Um, invite other people in. If you know someone who are, you're like, yes, they, they need to do that. They love this kind of thing. They love supporting women in business. Um, send them this information. Send them the podcast, send them the website, send them my information, whatever it is you need to do. Um, let's raise our own village of Decolo ladies, supporters, and we're going to raise Decolo up. Thank you guys so much. Um, I love you all so much. You're so wonderful. This is such a wonderful place. I just love being here and chatting with you guys each week. Um, Thank you for sharing and supporting. And I will see you again next week for another episode of How She Creates. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes blog and using the hashtag howshecreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.